0: You are now listening to Grinding True Crimes with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox,
2: and Gabby Gabb. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host for the show, Gabby. And we are back here live, uh, giving you another episode, sorry, we've been gone for a while, But uh, we're back. We have been very busy with our lives, but that's no excuse. So for all our fans out there listening uh, and wanting to hear some new content, we got some for you. But before we get into all that, let's let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in the grinding true crime and you can uh, see some of our uh, previous recordings and get links to some of our past shows as well as commenting and messaging us. Also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast, go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those who are faithfully listening out the country, you can find us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cash. And also, if you go to RedBubble.com and type in Todd Fox 80 you can support us by buying merchandise courtesy of the Griny True Crime cast. Also, last but not least, listener's discretion is advised because it sounds like today is going to be a very graphic story uh, given to you guys by Todd. Might be a two-parter, we'll see. But definitely listener's discretion is advised because we do get into details. And also, one more thing. (laughs) Leave us a five-star it really helps us out. Um, it really boosts up our uh, our channel. So leave us a five star, please. I think I got everything out the way. I think With so. That, yeah. <laughs> With that being said, Todd Fox, tell us your story, my brother. Okay,
0: so we've we've done quite a few stories in the California area. Okay. And, and the birth pr- birthplace of a lot of true crime, a lot of. Uh, notorious serial killers unfortunately has been on up and down the west coast and this story is gonna lead us right back into california so we've we've made some uh, over the last couple months we've gone into different country, countries um sorry my voice is a little raspy um <laughs> it's all good i have my reasons <laughs> got yeah exactly <laughs> um but it's it's gone you know we've gone into different countries different States in, in the United States or whatever, but we're going to stick into California. Okay. And this is not going to be your usual case. Uh, this one has a lot of twists and turns until and this day. Um, it is not quite closed. The case is not quite closed what? on everything. Yes. Cause this is, oh, was... no. are you telling
2: us we need to put on our uh, detective suits on top? Gaps? There,
0: there is, there are some loose ends that were never tied up. Let's just put it to you that way. Got you. So, and this one's a different story as well, because it takes it. It's not just one serial killer. Just imagine if uh, LeBron James was a serial killer and he decided, hey, you know, I'm a, to- I'm a uh, team up with two other serial killers or at least one other one to form a super, super uh, serial killer group. Well, this is what happened here. Wow. These are two. So we
2: got a team of serial killers.
0: Yeah, this is this is a team that found each other through the weirdest ways. And I'll get into that. And they teamed up to form, you know, their dual serial killers with the same likes and dislikes, which is very weird. But but they found each other. Yeah,
2: that is weird.
0: Yeah, it's the story of one Mr. Leonard Lake and Mr. Charles Ng.
2: I'm assuming Charles Ng is Asian descent and Charles uh, Lake Leonard Leonard Lake is uh, sounds kind of white to me. Yes, you got it. Nailed it. Nailed <laughs> it. So, let's talk about the first
0: one first, which is Leonard Lake. Okay. Leonard Lake was born October 29th, 1945. Okay. Leonard was definitely a baby boomer born in the heights of the war. So, like, while everyone was ready to go off to war, they were getting their last sex in. And then uh, when they came back from their tour of duty, if they were lucky to, they had a kid waiting for them. So he was one of those uh, war babies. Um. Mm. Him and his siblings lived in San Francisco at the time, but his father and mother weren't exactly the greatest of role models. So there's Uh-oh. your there's a red flag right there, one of them. There we go. Hippies? As usual. No, this is before hippie times. Oh, yeah,
2: this is
0: oh, the, yeah, the 40s. Yeah, but Gabby's got it right. As usual, that that plays a big part is the parent parenting growing up. Mhm. They got into fights in front of the kids through his childhood either physically or verbally. Um, so so much, so much so at times that the siblings were shipped off to their relatives at times so that they can have a cooling off peri- period. So the parents would just be like, "Hey, we're gonna send you to Aunt So and So's house, uh, your your uncle's house, or your grandma's house because me and the wifey gotta make things up, we gotta patch things up, we gotta fix things." So that's what they were doing.
1: How long would they send them away for?
0: We're talking about uh, weeks, like. Oh wow. Yeah, anywhere from like three to eight weeks. that would have been great. Yeah. Talk about a cooling off period, right? What? <laughs> yeah.
1: Dang. Are they the problem or are the kids? <laughs>
0: yeah. So they, they moved from San Francisco, get this, in 1951. His parents moved up there to Washington and stayed in the Pacific Northwest where they yeah. eventually settled down just to get separated. Um, now right. fo- Now, follow me on this one. Usually you keep the, the family together or, you know, the wife usually gets the kids or in rare cases, they split the kids between the two parents or what have you. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> his two younger siblings um, who were three and four at the time stayed with a mother. While for some reason, his parents decided that Leonard, who was six at the time and the oldest, would be sent to live with his grandparents back in San Francisco.
1: Okay. So, what? Yes. So yeah, splitting them between parents is common. But why are you going to split them up if they're not going to stay with a parent?
0: Exactly. So either the father wanted nothing to do with them, and then the mother was like, "Well, I, I don't really like that oldest kid." No. <laughs> they just gave it to the grandparents. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Here, you take. Them. <laughs> yeah. Like really, I got two already. I'm not taking the third one.
2: That's cold. Man. That's cold
0: so at the age of six and him moving forward this would play a huge part in in his development he's not getting raised by his paternal parents his grandparents obviously if you're thinking about it his parents were probably born in the you know early 1900s 19 teens around there Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: and his grandparents were probably like 1860 something like that maybe 50. so they have an old older type of mentality and they're not going to keep up with a six-year-old so there's another red flag
1: Mm -hmm. dang
0: Mm -hmm. so even at six years old he understands the fact that he's been rejected by his parents Mm. so what's one quality of a serial killer that usually starts out and then fixates on how on how things turn out something you know sometime later
1: meow
0: is that a cat? Killing of the cat. <laughs> what about you, Gabby?
1: Uh just animal abuse in general.
0: Well, you guys guessed it exactly. And um and, and this one's a little weird though. Follow me with this one too. Okay. He starts fixating on animals and mainly mice, because in the area of San Francisco, there's some decrepit areas at that time. Where there was mice around a lot, so he would get those, and then he would also get some from the pet store when he gets some loose change. Now, mm-hmm. this is a little different though. He actually starts out treating them very nice, which he has them in cages at first, but then he lets them start. He puts them in his cars. You know, he has those like little kind of Tonka cars, <laughs> and he drives them Yeah, he has like trains, and he builds like a little cardboard city for them to walk around. And, and like, hey, that's pretty dope. Yeah, so he's treating the mice really good this at this time really good sorry my boy i got the, i got the puberty voice going on I'm
1: like, hey would you <laughs> like fries for that a car.
0: <laughs> yeah sorry bear with me guys i'm sorry <laughs> so um
1: you sound I, like someone stop
0: it <laughs> <laughs> see stop i didn't it. i didn't do it this time it was gabby <laughs> I didn't do it <laughs>
1: <laughs> i how you guys the yeah, that's
0: true that is true i i agree with gabby
2: <laughs> uh,
0: okay let's get let's get into some stuff here i'm sorry um but at some point his grandma told him to get rid of the mice i oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if she said it a certain way or whatever but instead of getting rid of a nice or the mice, in a good way, he was going to torture them, and um, it would be as far as pulling off the ripping the limbs off the, the body bodies oh. of the mice. Um, it was also to do with finding somehow a eleven year old got his hands on believe it or not acid. Wait, acid, acid, yes. Whoa. <laughs> and he began to dip the bodies in the acid, or just drop them in there and watch them disintegrate and scream alive, alive.
2: Yes. Yo, man. I mean, let's be real, Ty. We, we, we boys, we did some animal kind of, you know, cruelty things. You know, I don't
0: know what you're talking about.
2: Hey, man. <laughs> I, I'm
0: serious. <laughs> See, Gabby. See I another red did. flag. Never. like
2: like no 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 like like you know we for me I would peel the wings off a fly and just throw it on a spider and let it eat it and or or uh okay see that's
0: insect know. cruelty and that really doesn't matter it doesn't matter
2: no. <laughs> no. but but I I would bash a mouse across his head with a hammer and stuff like mm. that
1: I want a divorce <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we did stuff like that, you know, like you know how it is. They're they're stuck on the glue trap and they're they're sitting there. We just come in and bash them with it, like ah. And we didn't do that. Well, no. Oh okay. So well, right now, the listeners kick, are putting you
0: on. A,
1: on they are
0: putting you on a list.
1: Pick up- an insect or much
2: less a rat well we were crazy well i'm from l.a so we, we we did things different i guess
0: i was i was very i wouldn't say a feminine but i had that, like i did <laughs> <laughs> i did have that mentality where if i saw a bee in a spider's web struggling i was like oh and then i would try to like take a stick and get it out of the spider bad spider <laughs> that's how i was <laughs> Todd had a heart. I did at some point. Yes. Yes, I did. You
1: have no heart. That's sad. What do you
0: want me to do? <laughs> uh, uh, it's okay. So, so he
2: he would literally dunk dunk them in acid.
0: Yeah, like you would dip a chicken nugget. He's dipping mice in the freaking acid. That's
2: crazy. Now I'm not gonna lie, when you first said acid, I was thinking of something else. You know what I'm talking about. But this is literal acid.
0: This is literal acid that'll eat you alive. Gotcha. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. I again yeah. I don't know if he got a hold of battery acid, what it doesn't say. It's just he had acid to dissolve wow. the life. Wow. So okay. as he grew up into his teenager years, obviously this plays a part in what he likes. And he gets into pornographic material around the ages of thirteen and fourteen. And it's not your regular, you know, I'm having mm. with my wife or whatever partner. He's in a sadomasochism right away.
2: Ooh.
0: So basically, SM. he's into the the beatings, the, the whipping bondage and the, bondage. The, yeah. Yep. 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 So another so thing, he's
2: extreme already. At, you said he's 13 or 11 right
0: now. He's 13 or 14 at this point.
2: Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, he's aggressive.
0: Now, yeah. Here's the other point that doesn't make any sense, though when he's going to high school at the age of 14 and a half, almost 15 at Balboa mm-hmm. high school, just outside of San Francisco, mm-hmm. no issues, none whatsoever, got good grades, um, did his thing. Nothing important happened in those four years, nothing.
2: So he was just a student that everyone saw and just didn't think nothing of it. Pretty much
0: blended in with everybody else. He graduated in 1964. And right out of high school, you know, he he gave into one of those over aggressive army re- recruits that comes to your school and says, hey, man, you can do this. You can go boogie boarding. You're going to go everywhere in the world. And you're going to be like the like women are going to be all over you, man. You're going to be rich. Just join the, the, the army. It's awesome, man. You know they like- how they do it, Tom? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I had a guy. He kept calling my house when I was like 17, dude. He kept saying, your son, he's going to be he's gonna be loving the army i mean the army's gonna be it's just a brotherhood man this is gonna be like they're like summer camp for him. they're gonna have so much fun
1: he reminds me of the of the taekwondo guy from uh napoleon yeah oh yeah <laughs> of course
0: <laughs> i know i sound like that dude
1: uh <laughs>
2: right here right here <laughs> right now <laughs> So, (laughs) interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. So he he would join the the Marines as a radar specialist. So actually, it was the Marines, not the Army.
2: Okay. Same thing.
0: Yeah. Well, not
2: the same thing, but you know, military.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he would he would train in North Carolina, and he would and he would pick up a lot of tactics, uh, survival stuff that were being taught to him and apply them to his everyday life. As he grew older, he liked to fend for himself hunt, uh, you know, really challenge his body and, and be a survivalist. Like he was liking that from the start.
2: That's not bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was getting into that. He also would love field combat, uh, hand to hand combat, explosives, rifles, and much more. He was just getting into all that. Um, he would also meet a woman by the name of Karen, Who they started to date but just when they got hot and heavy he was told that he was gonna be deployed and uh, Mm. so after basic training in North Carolina he was shipped off to Vietnam in
2: 1965
0: Mm. so here's the thing too in 1965 Vietnam was a hotbed of all kinds of murder killing savagery by the Mm -hmm. Americans and the Vietnamese so I mean it was on both sides there was a lot of death a lot of gruesome stuff over there yeah he was on the ground experiencing all this stuff oh man he was in the middle of two big battles and um he developed uh ptsd almost immediately oh easily yeah That's, yeah including having a psychi- uh, psychiatric uh, episode while camped out in the middle of saigon or wherever wow. they were at where he was shipped to a military hospital where he had to be sedated for a couple days and watched. Um, There isn't too much information or any information on exactly what the episode was other than the fact that he was having severe hallucinations and bipolar and schizophrenic behavior. Um, Mm. Despite this, the Marines were like, are you bleeding? He's like, no. And get back out there, and he went back out into the to the field and continued <laughs> to fight the Vietnamese.
1: <laughs> so, it's sad, but that's like how it works, right? Pretty much, up, man. Yeah, they don't care about your sanity or your health. If you're well enabling your body's still functioning, go over there and do it.
2: It's like I got shot in the finger, Sarge. You got a left hand, use
0: that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's like, what happened to that cool surfer Marine? Uh, what is it, recruiter? What where, where's all the women in the fun times? Shut up, you waste of <laughs> waste of space and get out there. You know, that was it. So um yeah. he and here's here's the thing too. We always talk about those breaks that serial killers get to where you know something could have happened one way and they could have just been taken out by whatever reason, they could have been arrested, and this mm-hmm. would have never been a story. He could have been killed over there, and who knows how many times being in active duty on the ground in hostile territory for the most part, and he was never killed. He was never shot, a lot of close calls, but never shot. Interesting, no grenade, no. Nothing, he made it out of there on his three-year tour. That's
2: very interesting,
0: very, very interesting. interesting. But imagine the stuff that he saw that he probably could take back. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the point. So he, he gets back to North Carolina, asks Karen to marry him in 1968. Mm. Um after they got married after she said yes he uh started to treat her like crap talk down to her uh well, talk, talk about her in front of his, in front of their friends like look at that fat cow over there <laughs> this is my wife you know stuff like that just like downplaying <laughs> I'm sorry I mean that's what that's what No, real no, it's, is. It's, that's what no
2: you didn't do anything yeah. wrong I for some reason Peter Griffin came to my head which you... Oh okay <laughs> yeah. definitely
0: like yeah <laughs> so he actually um had to uh, he went to enlist back into the Marines in 1970 and she was all for it. What? Yeah, he he had another tour in Vietnam for the second time. Um for whatever reason. <laughs> so he returned and uh he came back t- to her. And what do you think the uh first thing he said to her when he returned from Vietnam? Um I hate you. Gabby? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wouldn't know exactly, but I'm guessing he insulted the way she looked. I probably told her she looked old.
2: Called her a vehicle. You know. I don't know. Yeah, I hate you. Or what what about this?
0: What do you think he blamed her for? Or 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 was trying to blame her for?
2: For the murder of his his uh fellow fallen soldiers. No. Okay, I'm way off. Um and
1: for his psychoticness? <laughs>
0: No, he came back, and instead of saying "baby, I loved you, I missed you," he basically called her a cheater right off the plane. Said that she was committing adultery the entire time, and that uh, she was not faithful whatsoever.
2: Hmm. So he must have saw something when he was over there.
0: Well, again, this this is way before the internet, way before you know. Maybe you, maybe you know. Nowadays, you see like an incriminating message on social media and you think, man, are they up to, he or she up to something, (laughs) but this is, come on, he's on the other side of the world, the only way to get a hold of her is via, you know, writing a letter. Writing, yeah. Yeah, and so, (laughs) and and you're not going to be able to make phone calls at that time, so he just comes over there with a blank, hey, you're cheating on me, I know you can't keep it in your pants, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, he came off very verbally abusive right away. Interesting. So with his behavior being all over the place and mostly bad behavior towards Karen, Karen convinced him to see the doctors and a psychiatrist. He tried to put the blame a lot of what was going on through uh, because of his parents' abandonment issues. And the doctor and psychiatrist, though, didn't believe so. They said they said nonetheless, his behavior got worse and worse in the bedroom as well. He would not indulge in normal sexual activity with his wife unless she took a beating with a whip or a paddle.
1: Yeah.
0: So, there
1: goes all the crap he watched.
0: Yeah, exactly. He, he's like, you know, it's sexy time. Let's get started. And she's like, all right, I get into my outfit. He's like, no, you're going to bend over and you're going to get spanked. That's just how it went. And then if she said, and then she's like, no, 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 that's a paddling. But I just, that's a paddling. It just kept going on from <laughs> there. So,
1: why are you laughing? I'm
2: in- <laughs> <laughs> That's up. No, not. not, not okay.
0: Well, she's not the victim. So people, yeah, 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 yeah. before you start writing these comments, because we've gotten a couple comments lately where they're like, "You're you're not um you're not being kind to the to the victim." It's like we said nothing bad about the victims. We whenever we make fun Absolutely. of people, it's always a bungling cops or some of the stuff that led up to it. But trust me, this woman. In this particular story, will not be the victim. So from
2: from what I'm hearing right now, it sounds like she leaves, but I I
0: might be jumping to a conclusion. Well, see, and here's the other thing too: before they kill us in the comments, the whip and the paddle. Obviously, she has to like it if she keeps doing it. It's just it was frustrating to her that he couldn't just have normal sex. You know, she was into the s and M stuff too, but you know, he's just like, okay, you know, you know the drill. So,
2: so she was still with him then.
0: Yeah, she's still with him. Wow. Now, here, here's where things get a little... See, she's able to endure all that, but then he would often pressure her into having group sex with the neighbors once they moved into a quiet San Jose area and uh, kind yeah. of off the beaten path from San Francisco. So he was trying to, like, get her to have group sex, like like you would normally ask your wife to have, right? Like, yeah. Hey, you know, honey, it's that time of year again. You know, we haven't had group sex with the neighbors. <laughs> Uh, go ask uh, Sharon if she's interested and then yeah tell Brian too. he's he's more than one.
2: <laughs> bring him and bring him to yeah why not we'll just swap <laughs> like you do right well or, I mean <laughs> it is San Francisco
0: <laughs> that's true anything goes yeah. And yeah but then he didn't stop here though here's the problem so Uh-oh. maybe she's on board with that we don't know but then he's like you know what I'm a great guy yeah I did get a little jealous when I was in Vietnam but um, I don't feel like working, and that topless bar down the street is hiring. So, yeah, why don't you go dance and strip for me, yeah? And then you can, uh bring home some bacon for us. Yeah? How about that? Wow. What a good So guy. he
1: sent her to work as a stripper?
0: Correct. So he's pimping her out. Kind of, yeah. Basically.
2: Yeah. So, so why
1: is he being all jealous about you cheating and crap, and he's the one throwing her out there?
2: His mind... He must have saw something in Vietnam where he saw, you know, maybe a, a woman cheating on her husband. or child. He he must have saw something.
1: He couldn't have seen that. What he could have seen is rapes.
2: Well, he saw something.
0: Exactly. Some, something happened. Something changed Something
2: changed. Yeah.
0: So this erratic behavior continues for a year. She's working at the topless bar until 1972 when... Finally, she said enough is enough. She was tired of being his submissive wife, getting beaten, doing everything that he wanted to do and getting nothing in return and being demeaned at the same time. So she's like, I'm done. So she was done with the whole thing. But then he's like, listen, I want to keep you around. I won't treat you like that. Can we try somewhere else? Uh, Things of that nature. She says, I'll get back to you. So now you have Leonard Lake, who's the guy who's a survivalist outside San Jose, like a sort of in the outskirts type of dude of town towards the mountains by himself with no woman to torture or or to be submissive or take care of his house.
2: So she completely gone.
0: Yeah, she, she separated from him, but she didn't want anything to do with him. They still talk right. about it. Got it, got it. So two years ago, or two years have passed, heading towards uh, 1975, it's late 1974, okay. he began to have fantasies of having a particular woman or women to be his sex slaves, and only as he wanted to do what, you know, they, he wanted him to them to do what he wanted. Do whatever he wanted, yeah. Yeah, there you go, my bad. And then also to clean and cook and take care of whatever needs he had.
2: So he just wanted a servant slash... But he, he wanted a doll. A sex mm-hmm. doll.
0: Yeah, because he had he had two fantasies. That was one. And uh and also like he wanted to, he, he wanted to kidnap a woman or women, but at least one. But his other fantasy, or not fantasy, but his thing that was he was passionate about was at the time America and Russia were in the Cold War. So
2: mm-hmm. they were
0: they were always threatening each other with possible nuclear bombs.
2: Mm-hmm
0: so he believed being a survivalist and already saving up ammunition that he wanted a bunker he he wanted to survive the post-apocalyptic world so oh yeah
2: it was the mid-70s everybody everybody was saying 76 or 75 was it
0: yeah so so picture this guy he's got all kinds of head issues he's got all kind. he's a sexual deviant he's done all kinds of crap you know in the war you know former veteran he wants a bunker. He wants to kidnap women. He's that guy. He's that end of the world guy. Just he's a scary dude.
1: Yeah, that does sound mm-hmm. creepy.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, Leonard packed up all his things and began to look for an area where that would be best fit to have a bunker and to survive a war or a nuclear war. And also, hey, while we're surviving the war, I got to torture some women. So he needs to make a dungeon room as well. So he has two things to build. Wow. Yeah, so he's got his hands. <laughs>
2: so um, this, this guy is full-blown.
0: He is, and I think this next part you know, will relate to both of you guys. Um, where do you think he left San Jose to go? To the IE
2: area. Uh, Riverside. No. Gabby?
1: Um. Dang. It relates to us.
0: Mm-hmm. Family. San No. Oh, yeah.
2: Mexico. <laughs>
0: no, no. Oh. What I mean, the place he left from San Jose, got think Northern California. We we did a story up there. Remember? Um, tell me, Ukiah. Ukiah, California.
2: Get out! What?
0: Exactly. Remember the other story we did about the the uh, brothers?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the one up in Ukiah. Yep. Well, this one happens in Ukiah just a few years earlier than that. What? Yeah, he um he purchased yeah. he purchased some land in Yukaya, which was on a hippie um, campground.
2: Which so, they definitely have.
0: Yeah, so it was a community <laughs> up there, and it was one of these community that's off the grid. You know, they had to bring in their own power. They had to bring on their own water. They were completely independent of the government. You know how those man screw the government, man. We let's yep. grow our own plants and trees. <laughs> and then we'll like just walk around barefooted and smoke weed all day and then like we'll grow like like the sunlight will hit those panels and we'll have like
2: what do you call those people
0: hippies <laughs>
2: <laughs> up, huh?
0: are you looking for something else
2: it degenerate not degenerate um, not what? Degenerate. Not degenerate. <laughs> it could be hippies but i'm thinking of something else there. Well, see,
0: we have the we have the other version. We have the technical version of those nowadays. That's the hipsters. The hipsters. Yeah, but those those are the real hippies. Those are the ones that, man, why use any body wash, man? <laughs> Let your body take care of itself.
2: Grow what's, all your hairs.
0: <laughs> what's a shower? <laughs> those, are, those are the ones with the dirty dookie braids. You know what I mean? Like, that, up, man. You can't tell where the hair starts and ends. It's all matted together like a cat.
1: Oh, <laughs> my God. Continue.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, like, going way off on this one. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> um, so, Ukiah. Ukiah, California.
0: Yeah, so he, he remained there for almost five years. And, um, you know, he learned about communism because, obviously, the hippies hate communism. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, he met a woman by the name of Clarine. Oh. Yeah, she was a school teacher in the area. Um, the thing that was different about her was she was completely into everything that Leonard was into. Um, oh, that's oh, weird. She was like, hey, let's have some sex orgies. You know, it's been a couple days. You know, oh, wow.
2: Let's get well, our freak he, on. He found the jackpot.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, these these two were, were just swapping left and right with married couples, non-married couples, just orgies. uh she was taking beatings, doing whatever he wanted to do. Um, there are some videos of her that he made that are online, too, so that you could see where she's totally into it, smiling while she's doing it, um, getting whipped. Uh, he's showing her off in front of other people. Uh, yeah, it's they're just having all kinds of fun.
1: That is so, like, I don't know. To me, it's weird for a teacher. Yeah. And to be into all that.
2: Yep. Well, I guess they say, well, you know, this is my professional life, but outside of the school, don't don't ask me no questions. Yeah, basically,
0: um, you know, so in in Sexville, basically, which they should have called it, the Ukiah, um, 1980 wasn't always roses. Um, for some reason, Leonard Lake went outside his house uh, and started shooting off a double barrel shotgun just into the air for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. and there was a communist hippie or an anti-communist hippie there of course they're all are sorry he came by and he's like dude stop being so harsh on my melon the gunshot they're so loud can you like stop you're gonna kill somebody <laughs> and then leonard said i can go to any house i want to right now and kill anybody or just kill you right now where you stand and then the guy's like yo you're harsh man I'm gonna like go back to my house, just chill, okay? And he walks. Oh my around. god,
1: I'm picturing Encino Man. <laughs> that's what I was saying,
0: Encino
2: Man. Um. <laughs> his
1: friend.
0: What did he say in that movie? Um, god, I can't remember. He's all stop wheezing the Jew. The Weasel. Oh, the Weasel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Weasel.
2: Um, What's his name. I forgot his name.
0: That's a terrible movie, by the way. Uh,
2: <laughs> I love Encino Man. What's wrong this with fun.
1: you? It's hilarious.
2: For its time. For its time. Let's for just its say time. That. I'll give you
1: that. He's for funny. It,
2: yeah. yeah. But just
0: like the lead actor, they didn't. it didn't age well. Um. So a couple <laughs> months so went by. A couple months went by, and Leonard was trying to get some more building materials mm-hmm. for his bunker. And he decided, you know what? I'm not going to get these, honestly. I'm going to steal them. So he decided to steal them off of like Home Depot or True Value, something like that. Basically, one of these hardware stores and the cops caught him and he got two months in jail. OK, so when he came back to the community, word got out that he was, you know, a thief and a bunch of hippies selling and growing marijuana in the middle of nowhere is going and a now a convicted felon in their midst. You're going to bring around parole officers and you're going to have you know they're going to basically be found out that they're selling dope yeah so and it's not like today where it doesn't matter it's back then that was a high offense you know they were the war on drugs was in its infancy so um they told him they got together as a group and said you're booted you and your chick gotta leave this area you can't stay here anymore so yeah, yeah so they had to leave and as they took off, they he wanted to find another area secluded to restart the bunker idea and torture chamber. So even though he had the mm-hmm. chick he wanted, he wanted a random chick because he wanted the fear. you know. Much like a lot of these serial killers, they're a bunch of wussies and they want fear. Mm-hmm. They want to feel the fear. So, um, you know, he had that bunker mentality and the torture chamber and he was letting her know that that's what he wanted. And then... For some reason, she was cool with everything until he started mentioning that bunker and said, Oh, no, you're weird. And she left him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So after she's like, All that other stuff's cool, but you get that bunker going. You're a weirdo. (laughs) We're done.
1: Oh, you want to kidnap a girl? Yeah, that's cool.
2: But don't talk about a bunker.
0: (laughs) What? A bunker? How dare you?
2: (laughs) Interesting. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Let's now talk about our second subject, which is Charles Ng, who in 1960 was born in China to parents, uh, to, to two happily married parents, and he, oh, wow. he grew up very smart. Uh, he was in school, the best schools around. He was talented, and he was taught karate, and he began to rise up the ranks. I don't know the colors of the belt. He wasn't a black belt, but he was high up there. Mm-hmm. Charles was against the narrative. Usually people that don't like animals are cruel people. But Charles loved animals. He raised anything from chicken to, uh, as a child to a dog and to uh, many cats. So he loved animals.
1: So they're total opposites.
0: At this point, yes. Wow. But, <clears throat> but however, all this will change. All his goodwill, all his good grades, all these things as a child just as if you would flip a switch to turn off a light that fast that fast at the age of 15. There is no word or no knowledge of any kind of because usually what starts everything too is if you're not killing animals, you have a head injury that changes the way you Mm -hmm. think. None whatsoever in this story. I looked, I looked, I couldn't find it. Um, Guess what his first offense was? I, I mean, if you get this one, think, okay, think Grand Theft Auto. Think of all the weapons you can use. I'll put it to you that way. It had to do with weapons. He, di- he didn't kill anybody, but he did cause some damage and just some overall, you know what? So some terror. What do you think he was arrested for and what kind of weapon do you think he was used? It's not a gun at the age of 15.
2: Probably um, burglary.
0: No, he used a weapon.
2: He used a weapon? Oh, so he, he got arrested for using a weapon? Yes. Oh, okay. Um a staple gun.
0: Nope. Gabby.
1: Uh a knife.
0: Nope. This woman's off the uh regular weapons, weaponry. This is not a go to weapon, basically. A screwdriver. No, no. He, oh, okay. he he was arrested not once, not twice, but several times. For throwing Molotov cocktails off roofs at other buildings what? and vehicles. What? Yes. What? Yo. Throwing man.
2: what? Molotov.
0: Basically, it's, it, it's liquor. It's
2: like a homemade bomb.
0: Yeah, well, you put it in a glass. You put like yeah. a, a tissue in it, light it on fire. You light it up
2: and you can light oh, up a wow. building.
0: Yeah, the alcohol, when once the glass breaks, explodes, turns into a mm-hmm. fireball. He was mm-hmm. just throwing fireballs off buildings wow pretty crazy right wow that's random it's very random and then this was even more random he would just be walking down the street doesn't know a kid whether he's smaller or taller and because he was proficient in karate and other ways of of fighting he just would just start kicking the crap out of a random kid that was either walking down the street what the heck yeah just start fights um His parents were very concerned. Obviously, they're well-to-do parents in China. They know what you know. They make good money. They tried to get him in for psychiatric help, anger issues. They really couldn't find nothing. So he was recommended that he was sent to a school in Yorkshire, London. Yorkshire, London, which we're going to have a few stories coming from there pretty soon. So Um,
1: this guy, he started doing all this just out of nowhere.
0: Out of nowhere, they couldn't find a starting point.
1: Wow.
2: And his parents were still together?
0: Yeah, his parents never, well, until they passed away not too yeah. long ago. They were still together, yeah. Interesting. So um, they sent him to a behavioral school and a prestigious teaching school in, L- in London, Yorkshire area. And um, he did not change his ways over there. He didn't finish his studies. He got into a lot of trouble. He was expelled. So to get grown out of a behavioral school you have to do some bad crap yeah but uh he came back to china and he finished his studies uh, so he graduated and at the age of 18 he said screw you and took the money that his parents promised him for finishing school and he moved to california to start a new life all by himself mm. So when getting to California, he saw on the TV about all the wars that were going on, and the uh, United States military caught his eye, and he tried to enlist. Um, he tried to enlist, but was not a citizen, so he got falsified papers and lit- and began to enlist again at this time, and was accepted <laughs> at Camp Pendleton in San Diego, California.
1: <laughs> wow
0: so the same the same recruiters like oh man you're crazy you like this you throw molotov cocktails you're you're perfect for the army but you're just not a citizen he's like but I, but i like beating up kids he's like I know, i know I, I really want you here but you just you need that paper and then uh he, he went downtown on alvarado street in l.a where you could find just about anything
2: why you do that, Todd?
0: Because it's true, <laughs> and he got himself a, a falsified birth certificate. So it's true! <laughs> Come on, you can't tell me you can't go down there and find anything. No comment. That's like that's like the black market of uh, the city, man. That's non. You don't. You don't even have to go online to get to the black because market. We go online,
2: man. It's, it's right down. there.
0: <laughs> For all those visiting Los Angeles, stay away from Alvarado Street. Just saying. Just no. saying. No bueno. Listen. Unless you're looking for that kind of activity. Exactly. Calm down. If you're
2: looking for, in Alvarado Street, if you're looking for it, you'll find it. Exactly. Whatever that it is.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, um he was sent to Hawaii. So, what a great, I mean, look, look at how awesome Charles Ing gets. I mean, like, look, Leonard had to go to Vietnam and fight. They just sent him, North Carolina's boring as it is. And then you send him to freaking Vietnam to, to go hand-in-hand <laughs> combat. Charles Ng gets to go over there and practice hand-to-hand fighting in Hawaii. Awesome, right?
2: I'll take that, man.
0: Yep. Um, but in 1981, though, being an Asian uh, American, supposedly, in the military, was not a... And I only say supposedly because he wasn't an American at the time. Um, so being a Chinese uh, American to the soldiers was not good. Uh, Members is not too long from the The war and the conflict so Mm -hmm. asians and americans did not exactly treat each other right and there was not there was no pc back then so Mm -hmm. there was all sorts of slurs by his fellow military men that were being thrown at him Mm -hmm. um so he was getting discouraged and he was actually put on night watch at the armory where they hold all the equipment the vehicles the grenade launchers guns all that stuff that don't
1: sound like a good idea (laughs)
0: Right, see, but see, I was thinking that, too, like, like, is he going to start shooting people? Is he going to do that? No, actually, he had a different mindset. He got a couple of other officers that were fed up with the way that either he was being treated or they were being treated. And they figured, let's start selling some of these weapons and making some big money. Let's I'm we're we're all security here. We could jack some of this stuff and sell it on our own, which they started Mm -hmm. to do. Wow. But that's a federal offense and that's a court martial. That's big time jail time in a military prison. Um mm. so these were these were very serious charges if you were to get caught. <clears throat> so um basically he gets they start finding out that things are missing, they start to investigate. One of his buddies actually says, Hey, you know what? I'm in on it. So is Charles, so is this guy. Mm. And, uh, well, they, uh, they arrest him and he's brought into custody. So Mm
1: -hmm. there's always a snitch in the bunch.
0: Mm -hmm. How does Charles Ng escape?
2: (laughs) I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. So I'm going to say he used his smartness and figured out a way, or he used somebody inside to help him.
0: Because remember, he's right now he's in the interrogation room. Mm. So, any ideas?
1: He pinned it on the other guy, saying that because he was Asian, they were trying to throw him under and he had nothing to do with it.
0: We'll see, back in the day, that would not have amounted to jack squat. They'd be like, so what you're... <laughs> You're still guilty.
2: <laughs> You're still guilty. Yeah, they. they uh, were... He probably said that his parents were dying. He needed to get to his parents.
0: No, actually, he he never, never let it get oh. to interrogation at all. You know oh. why? Because they left the window open on the interrogation room.
2: Get out! He escaped through the window.
0: He escaped. He escaped through the window. <laughs>
2: That's so freaking
0: movie-like. <laughs> Yeah, he just escaped through the window. Yeah, I
2: wasn't even thinking about that. that was, I'm thinking of, like, okay, he multiplied three times three and thought of something. To, you know, I don't know what I'm
1: thinking, but that's so random.
2: Yep, yep. And <laughs> I didn't
1: know interrogation rooms had windows. I've never seen one. Well, apparently probably back,
2: they, in the, back in the 70s,
0: 80s. Apparently, they do in Hawaii. Uh, and uh, remember, he's on an island.
1: <laughs> it's all about the that's view true. in Hawaii. That's true. True. Yeah, exactly.
2: That is very true. I forgot he's in Hawaii. Okay, that makes sense. Gotcha. <laughs> so um, he hops out
0: the window. He gets away. He knows a, a retired military officer that won't rat him out by the name of Mr. Novak. <laughs> uh, Mr. Novak was in his house. He, you know, broke into Novak's house, waited him to for him to return. After Novak got pissed off that he was in there, he said, "Look, I had no choice. I'm running from the police. You know, the police and the military are looking for me. I'm so screwed if I get caught." Novak says, hey, you know what? I know someone that's just like you, just as crazy. He has, you know, he's into survivalism just like you. He loves weapons. Um, here, I want you to call this guy named, uh, you know, Charles. That's
2: a true That's a true friend, this Novak guy. I mean, he Leonard. He breaks Lee. into his house, mm-hmm. chilling, waits for him to get here, and Novak did nothing.
0: Yep, pretty much. He just was like, hey, you, don't hey, do that hey. next time.
2: Hey, hey, matter of fact, since, for, since you broke into my house, here's a number to somebody. Call him. He'll help you. Click.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. And here's the thing. Leonard, he gets into a phone call with Leonard. The two wind up talking like girlfriends for about two hours over the phone. Imagine oh, the that long, was the number? Yeah. Imagine the long-distance phone call between him and Leonard. So wow. they're, So So Leonard's blown away by Charles and says, you know what? Let me wire you some money. And you come over here, and just be careful at the Hawaiian airport. If you can get out of that airport, you're welcome to stay with me once you get here to San Francisco. I'll pick you up. What the? Yep. So um, mm. so what happened was he made it through customs because, again, back then, uh, it wasn't that hard to get on a plane. It
2: a lot easier back then.
0: Yeah. And uh, Leonard stayed true to his word and picked up Charles at the uh, San Francisco airport. Dang. Uh, yeah. And so Leonard Lake would start, would now start to have sex with all kinds of women. Now that his wife was gone, obviously, um, but he had some el- something else in his mu- in in mind, uh, revenge. And
2: Uh-oh.
0: Uh, yeah, so this is when Charles is in town. They're both working together. Um, at this time, Leonard is to maintain work. He's trying to uh, upkeep these farms in the in the in the area because he's still north of san francisco he's trying to get money to build himself a bunker and um also build himself uh uh you know the the, the little torture chamber um but in 1982 what was very weird was he visited his mother and his two, and now his two other sisters um she had another kid
1: Leonard. After,
0: yeah so leonard went up there to visit his his uh brother and sister and then new sister that he really never met um he went up there and he saw his brother donald who they had talked over the phone but never got along and uh his brother donald was 32 at this time okay and uh leonard was uh 37 almost 38 at this time and he was jealous of his brother because his brother always had time with his mother and his brother though needed to have all this time with his mother because his brother was hit by a train when he was 10 years old Ooh. and he was mostly disabled and so you know he needed help from his mom and um he was also upset that the government was paying for his brother's lifestyle or just paying for him He's to taking be taking care of him yeah
2: well i mean they had to not had to but he was hurt you know do? what could he do
0: yeah and the, and the government was taking care of him and he was upset that hey this guy doesn't have to work for anything I'm over here having to work because my wife left me or my girlfriend left me and mm-hmm. I'm trying to scrounge up money and look at this guy gets paycheck after paycheck and um, he was tired of his brother leeching off the government to the point where he told friends man people like that should just be shot
1: oh
2: well
0: here we go so um, he went up there and surprised his mom, and they had a great visit, a family type visit. And his mom was blown away by his attitude. It was just like, oh man, you know, Leonard's probably changed, and everything else like that. So he convinced his mother to have Donald come with him to work at the ranch. There's you know he'll be around animals, he'll be happy, little stuff, and he'll get paid good for it. Look at me, I'm making this much money from these ranches and taking care of certain things. And he could work with me and, and, um, and Charles, you know, we'll be a, a yeah. trio. Yeah. And, uh, he could, and he, even sometimes he could just house sit, stay around the house, pet the dog, watch TV. Oh, mom's like, man. the mom's like, Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh man. So they all agreed. And Donald came with Leonard and left with Leonard and Charles back to where they were staying. Um, that's
1: that.
0: Yeah. And they went to the, uh, you know, and Donald was talking with a mom. Every other day, and then a couple of weeks went by, and there was no phone calls. So, yeah, wow. yeah. So, um, the mom started asking, "Hey, what's going on?" His sister started calling and, "What's going on with your brother?" And, um, you know, because it, some people believe that, hey, you know what? That's he did have an ill will towards his brother prior to this, you know, um where is he and they kept calling him they even drove down to one of the ranches and he's like you know what he met a nice girl and they moved up to Vancouver and he gave him several different stories where the and, and you'll even had the police investigate no one saw anything no one knew of anything he was just completely gone wow yeah and um, but because they couldn't prove that he was dead and there was no body that was ever found Guess who got the disability checks? Good old brother. Yes. But how? The ID of his brother, he would just use to cash the checks.
2: Mm, and it was back so in the day.
1: passing, like, for him.
0: Yes, this was 1982, so you didn't need fingerprints. You didn't need, nope. uh, what is it called, a visual? I mean, ID cards, some of them didn't have pictures on them yet. So, I had
1: a feeling he was going to do this. Wow, man.
0: Yep, yep.
2: His own brother?
0: His own brother, man. And here's the thing. Very, very ironic and very, um, what's that called when when you contradict yourself? You know, you hate people that take get things for free and get paid by the government, but uh, you're more than willing to get things for free and get paid by the government.
1: Yep. Yeah, then you go and do it.
0: Yep, yep. So, you
1: know um, I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It just it brought back his whole acid obsession. Mm-hmm. If they found no evidence of anything and they couldn't find the body, I'm thinking he put him in acid.
0: Well, I will say... I will not say yes or no if that comes up later in the story, but as of right now, but as far as his brother, to this day, his body has still never been found. Wow. So... That could have played something into it, yes.
1: That is so sad. Your own family. Your
2: own brother, your little brother.
1: And then he's disabled. Like what he had no control over how his life turned out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: What a ew.
2: Yep. You already started sometimes. You get you, <laughs> you you're boiling the blood, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you.
0: So um <laughs> With the money he was making at the ranch and now the checks that were just free money coming in, he was beginning to plan out when and and how much he was going to need to pay for the bunker and for the torture area and for the property and to get that started. Um, but then there was a problem. The uh, mother finally said, hey, his checks are still getting cashed and we don't know where he's at. And the investigation went a different way to where they put a pause on those checks and there was no more... Checks coming to that address anymore that mm, Leonard could business. recoup. Yeah. Um, so then um when they went back down to those ranches to try to find him, Leonard and Charles were gone. Um, so they had you know they didn't have a permanent place, so they were just survivalists. They they left the area with the, the cash and the other stuff that they had. Um, he then hatched another plan. He had a friend that was in his wedding. By the name of Gunner, who was a big stocky gentleman, older, but he had a, uh, he had been collecting big disability checks from the government over the last few years because of something that had happened to him. And, uh, and he was compensated really well. And mm-hmm. Leonard knew of this. And he also learned that his wife had left him. So he was all alone. Okay. Uh, Leonard came up with a perfect plan. He went went down to go visit Gunner, and then uh, the two spent two weeks together, and then the time started going by, and Gunner's friends came in to check on him, and nothing. Uh, Again, Gunner's family was looking for him, to which they finally got a hold of Leonard, and they said, hey, you were the last one that he was with. What did you guys do? And he's like, I took gunner to vegas you know we spent a few days in vegas and then you know stuff happened he met a girl and you know what they were talking about moving somewhere back east he just said screw it and he was gone so the family were able to get a hold of gunner's keys or i guess finally get into his property and they saw that well it kind of fits because most of the stuff in gunner's house is gone and it looked like he moved his car is not there nothing's there Mm. that's because Leonard sold all his stuff Leonard did away wow. with Leonard did away with gunner, so
2: and, and got rid of all his property to make it look like
1: like he really left
0: yep, yep yep,
2: I and he
1: got,
0: and he got the checks routed to his temporary address up there close to Ukiah. so wow. <laughs> Yes. So he was getting his disability checks and social, social security, security and disability. um, And plus he sold off a lot of Gunner stuff, which Gunner, it just says, had a lot of high priced things. So with this money, he bought that land up there just east of Ukiah mm-hmm. and um, started building his dream place next to the lake in 1984. And uh, that's when he completed things in in, uh, late 1984, almost 1985, at the torture room at one end of the house and the bunker underneath the other part of the house.
2: So he finally got what he wanted.
0: Yep. And he uh, just
1: had to find his victim.
0: So once him and Charles built the property to their liking, so they were in on it the whole way. And one night he made a pact with Charles and... They shared the same love for the military tactics, survivalism. They kind of like just did one of those. Hey, let's cut our fingers and mix the blood together, cause now we're blood bro- brothers. That's something what they kind of did because they were talking out all their sadistic thoughts, all the things that they wanted to do to some beautiful women or just random people, and they were mm. just like, oh yeah, dude. They were just they were getting turned on without being getting turned on. You know what I mean? Like they, what like, the heck? like Leonard found his soulmate. But not sexual, but his soulmate. And so yeah. did Charles. yeah. And that's freaking where I'm going to leave. Huh?
1: No, I said freaking creeps.
0: Exactly. And that's where I'm going to leave part one of this what? story. Yes, because part two is going to be a very intense story. A lot of uh, torture and a lot of... um. A lot of uh, stuff that, yeah, if you're sensitive. details. Yeah, and there's some stuff. And I, like I was going to say in the pre-show when I was talking to Gabby and Matt, I wanted to play audio, but now I don't want to. It's just too sad in some parts, and it's too gut-wrenching, and I'd rather not. But I'll do my best to describe it in that way for part two.
2: All right. Oh, uh, man. So <laughs> basically... This is where the ride gets really bumpy.
0: Yeah, because at this point, Charles has not killed anybody. Leonard has taken two lives, including his brother. And they are just now getting started. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Starts with the pact, huh?
0: Sure does.
2: All righty. I
1: already hate them. I don't even
2: know yeah, yet. I, I just want to know what Charles is going to do, man. He seems like the quiet type that'll that'll just go crazy.
0: You nailed it on the head, man. He's He is a quiet type, but uh, he goes crazy and evil and then some.
2: Ew.
1: It's because he kept it all to himself. That's why people couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. But now he has somebody he had it in common with, so now he could do it all the way.
2: These people are true psychopaths. I want to... Okay. All right. I'll, I'll find out later. I'll find out next time. I wanna know.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, well when we record the next one, uh there's a list of people, unfortunately. Dang. Yep. Well, that was our first episode. What do you call them? The the serial killer gang?
0: Yeah, or um geez dual threat. I don't know. But it's a story threat? Yeah, story of Leonard uh Leonard
2: Lake and uh Charles Ing. Charles Zing. There you have it. For first part, Leonard Lake and Charles A. Uh, we hoped you, well, not hope you enjoyed it, but uh, hope, we hope we uh, broke that down for you, for you listeners out there. Thank you, Todd, for telling us that story, but it's definitely to be continued. So if you want to hear what happens next, just listen to us and go to Grinding True Crime. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, hit us up on Podbean. Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside of the country, which we know you guys are, we see the numbers. <laughs> you can follow us on Pod Chaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast, as well as go to redbubble.com to, and type in Todd Fox80 for merchandise courtesy of the grinding to c- crime. And um five-star ratings are definitely appreciated. So if you guys can just leave a five-star, we will. Thank you so much. We might even give you a shout-out.
0: Yeah, so- actually, if you can, that would be awesome. Uh, we would give you a shout-out. Um, that would be on uh, – I don't know if you could do it on Podbean, but I know for sure you could do it on Apple or Spotify, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. So, well, thank you, Todd, for breaking that down, brother. hmm And uh, this has been another episode with uh, your host, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today. Todd Fox. And the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are signing off.
1: Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>